Welcome to the Learning Project Podcast. This show features conversations with education innovators from across the world. It's hosted by a group of friends who met at the Harvard Graduate School of Education during the pandemic, and it's based on the premise that new technologies combined with insights from learning science have the potential to make schooling and learning activities better than they've ever been. Hi, I'm Alia. Hi, I am Rodrigo, and this is the Learning Project Podcast. And today's guest speaker is Lydia Tsao. Lydia is a doctoral uh, researcher at the University of Cambridge, England, and a former science teacher from Calgary, Canada. A firm believer in the power of education, she has a master's degree in education from the University of Strasbourg, France, and a bachelor's degree in education from McGill University in Canada. Her belief in empowering parents to become the great educators for their children led her to found Birdhouse during her visiting fellowship at Harvard University. That's quite impressive, Lydia. Have we covered everything on your resume? Yeah, thank you for the introduction. That's great. It's awesome. And it's great to see you here, Lydia. Always a pleasure to, to talk to you. And uh, tell us about Birdhouse. What are you building? Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, hi, everyone. I'm Lydia. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about what Birdhouse is. So Birdhouse is homeschool co-op for K to six learners, entirely run by parents and children. So just backtrack a little bit. A homeschool co-op is a group of families and children coming together to run learning as well as recreational activities. So what we do at Birdhouse is that we make it easy for parents to run a successful homeschool co-op while picking up powerful and effective learning and teaching practices. So what we don't do is prescribing a set of static curriculum for parents to follow. Rather, we make customizable and adaptable templates for parents to use while being empowered with with this cutting edge research and learning techniques. So yeah, our goal is to make parents rockstar educators for their children. I like that, rockstar educators. And, uh, but tell me this, okay, so if let's say I, I wanna homeschool my, my children, so they learn at home, they don't go to a school, right? Public or private. And so does that, does it replace the homeschooling that I'm doing? Does that complement that? And is this in the context that my kids do not go to public school or private school at all? Does that make it, am I getting this right? That, that's such a good question. So what Birdhouse is at the moment is not an entire replacement of school or homeschool experience. So what where Birdhouse fits is providing children, homeschool children, opportunities to learn with each other. So, but if what I realized during the pilot is that some parents, their children do go to public school, but they're really interested in the model birdhouse and they want to run this activity during the weekend. And that's perfectly fine as well. So at the moment, it's not a replacement of an entire schooling experience. Wonderful. So essentially, this, this is an incredible compliment to parents who probably want to feel confident about these playful 
sessions and have a structure to them. Could you tell us a bit more about the training for parents, what, what it looks like, if we understand if there's a separate training or the instructions that, that you have for them? Um, so there's no separate training for parents at the moment. The quotation mark training happens as parents are running these activities. So what we do at Birdhouse is that we understand that homeschool parents are very busy. They have so many chores to run. And so what we do is we make the suggested activities, the, the bite-sized learning, bite-sized research, as well as facilita facilitation tips all fit into a two pages of A4 paper. So they have everything side by side. So as parents are running these activities, they have the facilitation tips of how to run it. And they also have the research why I'm running it this way. And so that's what we believe at Birdhouse, that learning doesn't happen out, out of a context that you can just learn some abstract ideas. And all of a sudden, when that's the right moment, you know it's time to apply it. We believe that learning happens within the context and happens while you're doing it. So that's how we do the quotation mark training for parents. What if the parents are working full-time? How do they participate in the co-op? Is this a full-time commitment? How does it work? That's the beauty of a co-op is that it's run by a group of families. So if a family has a commitment for that period of time, they cannot make it and other parents and family can step in. So how it works at the moment is Birdhouse is kind of organizing to seasons and each season has six sessions. And so a family can say they're responsible to run the entire season from the beginning to the end, or the families can take turns to run the sessions or the parents can even divide their roles within the session, say, I'm always responsible for this set of routines and activity and you're responsible for that. So there are many different configurations of how a group of families can form a community to run this birdhouse together. Thank you, Lydia, that sounds exciting. How was the process of designing those activities? Could you run us a little bit through that? It is, it's really fun. I really enjoy designing these activities. So, well, we have some fundamental values about Birdhouse. For example, learner's agency is central to everything we design. So we make sure everything we design that's centered around children and parents' agency. And another, I guess, important element for Birdhouse design is we want Birdhouse sessions to be seasonal, which means that it is in sync with the natural seasons and the rhythm of the nature. So the activities within the same topic, let's say science and magic, the activity that children will do if they run that in the autumn or in the spring will be different. And that will, the activity children do will reflect the current season, as well as during bird feed when children prepare lunch together. So the food, the menu they have is going to be different, going to reflect the seasons as well. And lastly, I realized there was kind of a design tension between children's individuality as well their collectivity as a community. And I don't think, I find it's a very generative tension in some ways that we are able to come 
come up with really great ideas because of this tension. So an example of that is that during bird explore, this is a routine where children kind of participate in a parent-led activity, but they always do the intellectual heavy lifting. So for example, in the last pilot, the, 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 this theme is science and the magic. And what we realized that within the same activity, we want to create multiple entries and make it accessible for all learners and different children may have different take on the same topic. So what we did within that collective activity, we also designed multiple entry levels, which we call nestling, fledgling, and hatchling. So children kind of take the activity in a way that fits their interests as well as their current comfort level. And at the same time, have an overall activity can all engage together. And we find this very complementary in terms of children's learning that it is personalized, but yet collective. So yeah, that's that's fascinating. You touched on, on many things that I would like to to understand a little bit better. For example, you you said something about agency. Can you say a little bit more about what that means and what the research says? and how it connects to, to children learning. So, yeah, so agency, agency can mean a lot of things, but what we at Birdhouse, what we meant by agency is that fundamentally children um, not only in charge of their own learning, they know what, why they're learning this and how this is meaningful for them as an individual. So they are not only engaged cognitively, also effectively as well as socially. So, so it's almost like, I think in this way, learning is living, they are inseparable. And research shows that when people find meaning in what they do, as well have a sense of choice and freedom, they are more intrinsically motivated. So I think our value system at Birdhouse is also validated by research. Mm -hmm. That's that's fantastic. And you were mentioning some of the the names of the the activities, right? Like bird feed, bird bird explore, science and magic. Are these like modules of of bird house? And can you give us a, a sense of how many are there? Yeah, sure. So these are the we call bird house routines. So there are six of them. There's nest gathering, bird explore, and bird coo bird feed, bird play, and flaplings. So they are the six kind of kind of pillars that provide a structure of the day for the children. But within each routine, there's a lot of flexibility of the kind of activity parents and children can do, the way they can do it. And there's a lot of built-in agency for children as well. So that's kind of how we manage the tension between flexibility and a structure. Thank you, Lydia. You mentioned a little bit, you know, that that you you observed children and the way it's amazing the way you have that multi-entry levels that Rodrigo mentioned just now. How was the process going for you with testing that and you know figuring that out? Like if we go into the sort of nuts and bolts of it, that exploration journey, I think it's always fascinating for us and the listeners. 
Yeah, this, this idea of having like multiple entry points, the hatchling, nestling, and fledgling, it wasn't there at the initial design phase. This was me and Ali came up with this as we were designing and running this during the pilot. In the pilot, the children range from the youngest two-year-old all the way to 11 or 12-year-old. And so there was quite a bit of range of grade levels within the same birdhouse. And what we found was that within the same activity, if everybody was only one entry level or only one level engagement at entry points, it does not really fit the needs and of all the learners. So that's when we came up with this, we call it leveling of activity and give children, actually we call them expressions. So we give children multiple ways to express their understanding. And so that's, yeah, that's just designing on the fly. Mm -hmm. What do you see, I mean, from, from parents? What is the, the motivation? Because one could think, hey, the public schools are, are free and sometimes, you know, it's even convenient. Why create a new system, essentially? Yeah, I think, I think there was a more and more interest in the space of, like, I know with, within the U.S., based on the statistics that there is a doubling of homeschooling families in the U.S. since the pandemic, but I think even before that, I guess parents homeschool their children for a variety of reasons. And for example, some children not what being, how do I say, they don't really fit into the public school system and there was not really any other alternative solutions for their education. So the parents end up pulling them out. There are also parents who like the lifestyle of homeschooling because there was really no division between living and learning and they like the, the that kind of lifestyle i guess there are also parents who choose homeschooling because they are looking for a certain kind of alternative education which is not currently available or maybe it's because available options like private education are too pricey and they want to do it themselves so i think there is a there's I guess within the homeschool population or there are, it's very diverse. And I think more and more parents, yeah, start to get interested in this space. Gotcha. And, and where are you in the, in the development process? You mentioned the pilot. Is that what's going on right now? And yeah, what's, what's happening and what's next? So we are in the process of developing our third pilot. So after the successful first pilot, we took the same kind of continent structure and pilot with a different group of learners within the U.S. as well. The first pilot happened in the U.S. And now in our third pilot, um, what we're going to do is we're going to take everything we learned from the first and second pilot and the ideas that we were not, and the design that we're not able to incorporate into them into this one and really test those. So for example... I mentioned earlier this tension between flexibility and structure. So what we realized after two pilots is that parents prefer having a structure at the very beginning because that really eased them into the process of running a homeschool co-op. But as parents get familiar with the structure, they want more flexibilities. They want more options. So what are we going to do is that we're going to re kind of redesign the, the delivery of let's say the activity, the research, and the, the facilitation tips to build in 
more flexibility within the structure. We don't yet know how it will like look like yet. We have some ideas, but we really look forward to test them. That's fascinating. Yeah, thank you. I was wondering what what are the some of the feedback and testimonials after the first two pilots have been. Do you have a couple of us of them to share with us? I mean, in general, it's overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> it, it always makes me feel like so fulfilled as an educator. And so was the children, the, all of the children from their feedback form, we give children feedback forms. We also give parents feedback forms. So from children's perspective, they absolutely loved it. And they, what's funny is that they will cry at the end of the session because they just want to keep doing birdhouse. And, and we had to add, so earlier I mentioned birdhouse has six sessions per season. We have to keep on like adding extra sessions after the pilot because the children just want more. They can't have enough. And one of the children is designing her own birdhouse themed birthday party and she like made her made activities for the routines and the parents really loved it and they want to keep running birdhouse and that's why that's why we keep doing this and I guess another powerful like I guess neck anecdote that I from the the pilots is that from both pilots parents have come back and tell me about how powerful it is when children have agency and how, how children who used to never write or fight parents for writing will pick up a pen and start give, give writing an effort and try and start writing poetries. And, and I just think that kind of feedback is so overwhelmingly positive that give me so much motivation just to keep on going. And thank you, Lydia. And Talking about motivation, <laughs> if we go back to the roots of what made you personally motivated, you talked about intrinsic motivation and your journey. Tell us about what had helped you start thinking about homeschool and what motivated you to start Birdhouse in the first place. Yeah, the honest answer to that question is I didn't know that I would design a birdhouse, a homeschool co-op at the very beginning. What I know at the, at the beginning is I want to make use of my experience and expertise in teaching and learning to empower learners than to create enriching and joyful learning experience. That's, that's why I took a class at Harvard called Designing Democratic Schools with Professor Linda Nathan. And I didn't know I would design a homeschool co-op at the beginning. And the, this idea comes from my conversation with homeschool parents actually, who talk about the lack of opportunity for their children to learn together. And so as a researcher and educator, I understand the importance of having collaborative learning because it's not just important for, you know, social emotional development, like, you know, learning about how to, you know, interact with others, negotiate with others and work together, but it's also fundamentally important for learning to take place. So research shows that children learn through interaction with others and they learn to think by talking with others. So that's why I thought, wow, this is so important, you know, to fill this gap, to provide opportunity for homeschool children to learn together. So that's 
that's how that yeah that's how birdhouse was born that's great thank you and, and was there anything that you had to learn to start this project or in the beginning something that said oh i don't know how to do this uh guess what i have to to learn yeah, there was a lot of a lot of learning just happening in the moment. I like I did not know much about the homeschool space. So I talked to a lot of homeschool parents. And so they've really formed the basis of an understanding for the design. And I've also never really designed uh, for the the homeschool audience, like as a teacher of that love lesson planning, but I never really designed for homeschool learners and thinking about oh, how I can combine, you know, uh, empowering parents at the same time, give them something they can implement. So all of these, I, I, I guess my previous experience provide a nice foundation, but a lot of this I have to learn on the fly. And what are the ways that people can participate in, in this project? Yeah, we have a website. It is birdhousecoop.org or birdhousecoop.org because I realized COOP become coop is actually really a nice coincidence, really nice. Yeah, you can find us on our website and yeah, we have a contact tab and or join the pilot tab. So send us a, yeah, send us a message. Good, so it's birdhousecoop.org, right? Birdhousecoop.org. Yes. Perfect. So, Lydia, I think you did mention this, but you you do address a very acute need that maybe not many people realize. How do you think Birdhouse could be scaled and be available widely? Since you're also addressing you know, different age ranges and everything, such as excellent project product. Yeah, I, I definitely think Birdhouse can be scaled because the kind of flexibility is embedded in its design. And at Birdhouse, we do not adhere to any curriculum. And rather, we start with the question of what is worth learning. So in the first pilot, so I mentioned earlier, the theme is science and magic. But what children really learn in that season is the epistemology of science. What is the nature of science? Where does scientific knowledge come from? How it is different and the same as magic. So we start with this, we think things that's fundamentally worth learning that will not only provide a foundation that enables future learning to take place, but also these big ideas children can apply in other contexts. So I think that's fundamentally scalable and adaptable no matter where you live in the world. So I will really encourage and welcome parents to contact me, you know, wherever you are in the world. I'd love to pilot with you this birdhouse approach. And we also hope more and more parents will, will join in. Thank you so much, Lydia. It was wonderful to learn about birdhouse and your amazing project and the journey. We wish you all the best with it going forward. Thank you so much also for being the first guest speaker on our podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, Lydia. Thank you to our listeners, right, wherever you are. And also big thanks to our first episode producer, Fent Hughes. Uh, stick around for the rapid fire round. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for having me.
And Lydia, we would like to learn more about you personally. And so our rapid fire round is here. Rodrigo, would you like to kick it off? Yes. So the rapid fire round, well, we're going to ask you questions and then we expect a quick, short answer. Are you ready? Sounds good. I'm ready. That's an important question. Okay, good. (laughs) So what was your favorite subject in school? It was Chinese literature. Excellent. Which did you enjoy more, playing or studying? I like playful studying, (laughs) playful learning. The, what was your favorite childhood body of water? Like a lake, pool, beach, ocean? It's ocean because I grew up on the peninsula and we surround by ocean on all three sides. Beautiful. Where would we, would we find you during school breaks in between classes? Is it a library, chatting in the hallway or playing? Playing. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the favorite after school activity? My favorite after-school activity was blogging and surfing the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Lydia, what did you want to be when you were a child? I wanted to be a writer. (laughs) What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Honeycomb. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lydia, again for sharing a little bit more about you. And over to you, Alia. Thank you. Thank you, Lydia. And thank you so much to my podcast teammate, Rodrigo. And thank you to all the listeners. Thank you, Alia and Rodrigo, for having me. I had so much fun talking with you today. Mm-hmm.